What's popping, you guys? Y'all ready for WrestleMania, man? This is WrestleMania week. I cannot wait. I got a lot of stuff that I'm going to be covering on this podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Wrestling Takeover Podcast. I'm truly your host, Jordan Turner. I can't wait. I am excited. I'm not even going to bullshit, you guys. This is WrestleMania week. I can't wait to get started. This is going to be the first podcast of many this week, so make sure you guys stay tuned to any updates on what I got going on. Make sure you guys go follow and subscribe to the TWT podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and all podcast platforms. Now, I'm going to be talking about several things in terms of remembering WrestleMania. What I'm going to be talking about is some memorable matches from WrestleMania, some underrated WrestleMania matches, shocking moments from WrestleMania, and lastly, the four Mount Rushmore superstars of WrestleMania. Let's get started, man. Edgar, cue that intro. It's time to go to work. Welcome to... You're listening to The Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. Let's go, man. It's Monday. You know what that means. Literally. You know you guys know what that means, right? It's WrestleMania week. Let's go, man. I'm excited. And I know that WrestleMania over the past couple years, decades, some people say, it's missing that excitement. It's missing that fluster. But at the end of the day, when WrestleMania week is upon us, we're all excited. I know you guys are excited that are going to be listening to this podcast. Um, yeah, WrestleMania this year hasn't been that exciting. But when WrestleMania comes around, when it's April 10th on Saturday and April 11th on Sunday, we're all going to be banding together as a wrestling community and enjoying what the WWE is going to be presenting to us in terms of moments, memorable matches, and all that sort of stuff on WrestleMania 37 and i can't wait i'm very excited for what wwe is going to be bringing to us on saturday and sunday night only on peacock on the wwe network now i know that you guys have some memorable matches i have memorable matches that i always go to these are kind of my key matches in terms of getting me excited for wrestlemania i'm going to be doing that throughout the entire week heading into Saturday and Sunday, and these are some matches that I just have been watching for many, many years. These are the go-to matches for me to, like I said, get me excited for WrestleMania. So I have a couple here. I know you guys have some too. I would love to hear what you guys have in terms of memorable matches, but these are for me my memorable matches that I always go to and I always watch during WrestleMania season. So I'm going to start off with the first one. To me, this is the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. This has to do with The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25. Now, the second match, it has to do with Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat from WrestleMania 3. The third match that I always go back to every single year is Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 21. 
the fourth match, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Every time I hear that glass shatter, I get legitimate goosebumps. So last night, I was watching some clips of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and every time that glass broke, I got chills. I got chills because as a fan growing up, as a fan of this business, as a fan that wants to be in the business, as the creative writer, outside of that standpoint, every time I heard the glass shake for Stone Cold, it felt different. It really did. It's like when The Undertaker comes out, right? And you just feel this aura. You have these goosebumps every time he comes out. Every time Stone Cold and that glass shattered, I was speechless. I had goosebumps. I was watching it last night. I felt the goosebumps. It was a real deal. And it shows that I'm just a real passionate wrestling fan. And I love this business. And I'm just a wrestling head. Because it's been 20 years, whatever as long it's been. And I'm still getting goosebumps every time Stone Cold Steve Austin's glass shatters. I love it. Great stuff. So, Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13. Next up on the list, The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin from WrestleMania 19. This match was the last match for Stone Cold Steve Austin, as you guys know. Stone Cold Steve Austin ultimately retired in 2003. Has not came back ever since. It is what it is. Um, I feel like it was a premature uh, wrestling career ender, in my personal opinion. He really didn't get his feet off the ground, but at the same time, he did. So for the short amount of time Stone Cold Steve Austin was in his business, he left the mark, and he's absolutely one of the greatest of all time. Next up, man, speaking of Shawn Michaels, we got him versus Bret Hart from WrestleMania 12 in the Iron Man match for the WWE Championship. The boyhood dream has come true. Literally, that's an understatement. That is an understatement of the century. I love it. It's a great moment. Speaking of that, I'm going to be talking about that. But just Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, they had that chemistry. I know they had that real beef, that animosity. But when it came down to business, they took care of it. And they put one of the best WrestleMania matches on in WWE history. I really enjoyed it. So, next up, we got Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 19. So, Brock Lesnar during this time was touted as the next big thing in WWE. Him and Kurt Angle have always had that chemistry. Uh, him and Kurt Angle has always had great matches. So, going into WrestleMania in Seattle, WrestleMania 19, this was the main event. This was for the WWE Championship. Brock Lesnar went to the top rope, pretty much botched the uh, 450, and it was brutal. It was brutal. That didn't take away from the match. The match was great. I felt like that added to the match even more, and it was a classic WrestleMania match, and it featured Brock Lesnar. Go figure. When Brock Lesnar wants to put on great matches, people, he'll put on some great matches. Next up. This match, to me, does not get a lot of credit that it deserves. And people need to start recognizing that this match that I'm about to name is one of the best WrestleMania matches in WWE history. I'm talking about, once again, Shawn Michaels, this time facing the nature boy, Ric Flair. 
This was from WrestleMania 24 in Orlando, Florida. Ric Flair retirement match. Ric Flair's last match before, obviously, he went to TNA afterwards. But that's over with. This match was incredible. This match told a story of Shawn Michaels not wanting to end the career of the nature boy, Ric Flair. Towards the end, Ric Flair telling Shawn Michaels, do it, do it. I know you want to do it. And then Shawn Michaels was crying, looking at Ric Flair, saying, I'm sorry, I love you. And then nailed Ric Flair with the Sweet Jam music. I always go back and I always watch that match. And I'm always having chills. That was just a great match and a great moment post-match. Speaking of two of the greatest of all time, in my personal opinion, The Undertaker, number one, number two, Shawn Michaels. They clashed again at WrestleMania 26. Now, this match was phenomenal. This match was memorable. It wasn't better than their 25. They tried to duplicate it. They didn't really duplicate it, but to some people, they did. Okay? This match was very enjoyable. I was speechless. Storytelling was on point, especially towards the end where The Undertaker was telling Shawn, stay down, stay down. Shawn Michaels didn't want to stay down. Shawn Michaels slapped the holy hell out of The Undertaker. Undertaker put his eyes in the back of his head. He was pissed. He grabbed Shawn Michaels and jumped and nailed a tombstone power driver. Bam! To Shawn Michaels, and that was a one, two, three. Shawn Michaels' career was ultimately ended. That ending is one of the greatest endings in pro wrestling. Period. That was a great ender for that match. And it stole the show. For sure. Absolutely. Now the final match. Before I move on. This has to do with two brothers. Bret Hart. Versus Owen Hart. At WrestleMania 10. This was absolutely incredible. Now Bret Hart. And Owen Hart. Had that bitter rivalry. Owen Hart, he thought that he was better than Bret Hart. He knew he was better than Bret Hart. Mentally in his head, is like, yeah, I'm better than Bret Hart. Bret Hart ain't on my level. I'm going to prove it to Bret Hart when I beat his ass at WrestleMania. We've seen the end result. I always go back and watch that bit of rivalry. I love it. And the story really doesn't need to be told, you know, so difficultly. It's easy to tell a story with this. You got two brothers, you know, the younger one thinks he's better than the older one. The older one is always going to have his nail down pat, pretty much telling the little brother, you ain't on my level, bro. You're not on my level. I'm going to meet you at WrestleMania. I'm going to prove to you why I'm the bigger brother, why I'm the better brother inside this ring, and there's nothing you can do about that. The little brother, nah, bro. I'm better than you. I've worked my ass off to prove that I'm better than you. This is WrestleMania, and I'm going to make sure and to prove that I'm better than you. And at the end of this match, you're going to tell me that, yeah, I'm better than you. I love it. It was great. I enjoyed it. And it was a great match. I really, really enjoyed that match. I always go back and I always watch these matches in terms of WrestleMania. These are the fir- like the first couple matches that I always watch to get me hyped up towards WrestleMania season. Up next, I'm going to be talking about some of the most underrated WrestleMania matches now, these matches don't really get talked about a lot. I don't understand that. Um, I feel like a lot of people are kind of 
moving wishy-washy past these matches. That shouldn't be the case. These matches should be talked about in WrestleMania lore, but they're not. And it is what it is. Why is that the case? I don't know. But I'm going to be talking about them because I enjoyed every single one of these matches. So I'm going to start with the first one. Has to do with The Undertaker again. Undertaker's the GOAT, guys. I'm sorry. You can give me Ric Flair. You can give me Shawn Michaels. You can give me Stone Cold. You can give me anybody. The Undertaker is the GOAT in my eyes. Period. So we're going to start off with the GOAT. He went one-on-one with Triple H at not only WrestleMania 17, but he went one-on-one with Triple H at WrestleMania 28. And he also went one-on-one with Triple H at WrestleMania 27. WrestleMania 27 isn't on this list because that match was all right, but I feel like 28 and 17 were way better than 27, in my personal opinion. So, Undertaker, Triple H, they faced off against each other three times at WrestleMania. That's very unique. 28, don't get me started with 28, man. Shawn Michaels landing a super kick to The Undertaker, and then Triple H immediately followed that with a pedigree. I thought the streak was over. You thought the streak was over. I thought the streak was over. We all thought the streak was over. When The Undertaker kicked out, I said to myself, First of all, I was uh, patting my head because I was sweating. Because at that time, I didn't want the streak to end. I never wanted the streak to end. So when we see Undertaker kicked out of that, I'm like, okay, my guy's going to win. Triple H, go fuck yourself. You're done. You're losing. Undertaker kicked out of the pedigree and Sweet Jam music. Undertaker's winning. Simple. And what happened? Undertaker beat Triple H. Triple H is 0-3 against The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels, 0-2. Up next, we had Undertaker versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania 36. Now, some people clarify this match is not really a match. Hey, guys, guess what? It was actually a match. It was a one-on-one match. It was a cinematic match. This was one of the best cinematic matches in pro wrestling history. When it's all said and done, this is the number one best match in the pandemic era in professional wrestling of all time. The story was easily told. We've seen the American badass return. The American badass Undertaker. The Red Devil. Right? AJ Styles was talking shit. He was talking mad shit to The Undertaker about his wife, his kids, how The Undertaker's washed up, and all this other stuff. Undertaker needed to bring the American badass to face AJ Styles. He could not bring the dead man to face AJ Styles because once AJ Styles made it personal, once he made it personal, all bets were off. American badass is coming into the fold. That is exactly what happened. They pulled on a clinic at WrestleMania 36. Up next, another match that really doesn't get talked about in WrestleMania lore is Randy Orton versus CM Punk at WrestleMania 27. Now, this entire feud, the feud was all right. I feel like the feud was good. You know, Randy Orton was pretty much disrespecting CM Punk, saying that he's not the leader of the Nexus. When CM Punk was the leader of the Nexus at the time, he thought CM Punk was a shell of himself. He thought he was a joke. He punted CM Punk in the head several years ago before this match took place and that 
erase CM Punk from defending his World Heavyweight Championship in that scrambled match. I believe it was at Unforgiven. I'm pretty good with these dates and pay-per-view names and stuff. So it was at Unforgiven, and then that's where Randy Orton punted CM Punk in the head. CM Punk didn't uh, forget that, and that's where this match was pretty much built around. I loved it. Storytelling at its finest, man. This was an underrated wrestling match. People need to start talking about this match. It might not be the greatest, but in terms of good WrestleMania matches, this needs to be up there. Speaking of another Randy Orton bout at WrestleMania, we got to talk about WrestleMania 21. Again, with the Phenom, the Dead Man, the GOAT, Undertaker. Undertaker, Randy Orton, 2005, one of the best rivalries in WWE history around that time at WrestleMania 21. Guys, this was insane. This match was great. Um, I believe the rumor around this time, I might be wrong. So if someone can correct me, please do. But I think I'm correct on here. I believe the rumor going around was Randy Orton was supposed to be beating The Undertaker. Like legit. He was supposed to be the guy to ultimately beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania 21. I don't know what happened, but he didn't do it. And it is what it is. This match was great. Cowboy Bob Orton getting involved with the cast. He's been having that cast for ages. And it came into play. He landed Undertaker with the cast. And pretty much the fans thought, excuse me, the fans thought the match was over, right? Randy Orton going for the cover. Undertaker kicked out. Undertaker attempting to go for a choke slam in mid air, y'all. In mid air. Randy Orton landed one of the best arc heels in the business at that time. That arc heel was sick. It was great. He's so smooth, man, Randy Orton. He's one of the most smoothest wrestlers in this business. So he landed an RKO. Undertaker kicked out. Once he kicked out by Randy Orton, it was over at that point. The rest is history. So that was a great match with Randy Orton, and so was the match with CM Punk. Another great match. This match stole the entire show at WrestleMania 32. WrestleMania 32 will go down as one of the worst WrestleManias of all time. It had the potential in terms of star power, but at that time, everybody was injured. Everybody was injured, and everybody wasn't able to compete at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas, Texas. This was the worst WrestleMania in WWE history. Top three, easy. But out of this card, out of this match... We've seen the best match of the night, and it didn't even involve the men, people. This is just me. You prob you guys probably agree with me, so I'm not even going to sweat it. Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship. I'm going to let you know now on Front Street, this is factual information. I don't need a new site to report any of this stuff. Sasha Banks was supposed to win that Raw Women's Championship. I know it to be fact. I know to be fact. Becky Lynch was going to get pinned or get tapped out, which she did. Charlotte Flair should not have won that match. I'm sorry. It was all Sasha Banks. It was all Sasha. You had the diary with Sasha Banks at that time in 2016. On Monday Night Raw, fans were chanting, we want Sasha when at that time, Sasha Banks wasn't being used on a consistent basis. 
So the fans at that time were chanting, we want Sasha, we want Sasha, this and that. Sasha Banks should have won. It's my personal opinion. But Charlotte Flair won. The Queen won. Shout out to the Queen. Shout out to Charlotte Flair. Happy birthday. I want to point that out right there. It was a great match. This was one of the best women's matches in WrestleMania history. Easy. Bar none. Top two. Easy. The outcome, I was a little bummed with the outcome. I'm not going to lie. My girl, Sasha Banks, didn't get penned. She didn't get submitted. Okay, that's great. But she didn't win at the end of the day. So I was kind of upset. Overall, this was a great match. The finish was disappointing. The match was phenomenal. Great job, ladies. They're still killing it today. So much respect and love to all three. Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks. Next up, speaking of the queen, Charlotte Flair. Her versus Asuka at WrestleMania 34. Guys, this match was insanely good. The outcome was complete shit. Disappointing? Absolutely. Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. They killed it. They did a tremendous job. I love this match. Asuka should have retained. Asuka should have retained. Period. End of story. But it didn't happen. It is what it is. Next up, speaking of the queen again. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Another killer match, y'all. Another banger. But the outcome, we didn't want. The outcome was unexpected. Charlotte Flair should not have beaten Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley was the NXT women's champion at the time. Charlotte Flair should not have beaten Rhea Ripley for that title. Period. There's a lot of moments in wrestling. There's a lot of moments in the WWE that I will never forgive the WWE for and I will never forget. The Fiend from Hell in a Cell, that's one of them. The Fiend, Bill Goldberg, Saudi Arabia is another. This one and this match at WrestleMania 36. Charlotte Flair beating Rhea Ripley, I will never forgive or I will never forget the WWE for it. Rhea Ripley should have won. It didn't happen. I'm not going to take away from that killer match. I watch it all the time. That was a great match between two talented female wrestlers. Next up, man. I just, I'm about to watch. As soon as I'm done with this podcast, I'm about to go to the WWE Network on Peacock. I'm about to watch WWE Untold featuring these two legends. This was WrestleMania 22 in Chicago, Illinois. This was the hardcore match. This was Edge and Mick Foley. Guys, this match made Edge. This match right here made Edges into a superstar. Period. That's when he went on to face John Cena in that rivalry in 2006. I feel like this match right now. I feel like, in my personal opinion, WWE wanted to push Edge. They wanted to push him in the main event scene. But Mick Foley was like, you can trust me. If he does good here, he's the guy. He should be in the main event. Let's see how he does here. If he passes with flying colors, put him in the main event. That's exactly what happened. I feel like this was a a, a next step to ultimately put Edge in the main event. 
That's exactly what this was. This was an absolute banger of banger. One of the best booked, produced, hardcore matches in WWE history. And again, it featured Mick fucking Foley. Mick Foley. Insanely a legend. I love Mick Foley. I love Edge. You guys, this match was just gruesome. It was gruesome. From Bell to Bell. And Lita got involved. That was even icing on the cake. Don't even get me started with the ending. I'm going to talk about that later. But I'm going to move on to another match. Featuring Shawn Michaels. John Cena, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 23. You guys, the reality of the situation was it was not supposed to be John Cena versus Shawn Michaels. It was actually supposed to be Triple H versus John Cena part two at WrestleMania 23. I wanted to point that out because I don't know if a lot of people that is listening to the show right now, um, if you guys remember that. I believe it was supposed to be Triple H, John Cena part two at WrestleMania 23. It didn't happen because Triple H got injured at the time. So Shawn Michaels stepped in. And this was, again, a proving ground for a young top star. They wanted to see if Shawn Michaels can really bring John Cena to a good match. The WWE, Vince McMahon in particular, wanted to see if John Cena really is the guy and wanted to see if John Cena can really hang with an in-ring, pretty much legend, a in-ring icon like Shawn Michaels. You got John Cena passed the test with flying colors. They passed the test with flying colors, did he, John Cena? I know a lot of people were kind of betting them in terms of which match was better at WrestleMania 23. A lot of people went with Batista and Undertaker. I'm going to talk about them because they are on this list. Deservedly so. But don't take away from John Cena versus Shawn Michaels. It was a great match. Great story. I love the story with Shawn Michaels. Pretty much... John Cena was the rookie in this match, right? Shawn Michaels was pretty much treating John Cena and teaching him a valuable lesson as not step in the ring with someone that is better than you and as somebody that will outclash you from an in-ring perspective. That's what exactly happened in this match. John Cena, he ultimately came back with his power moves, and that was a great match. Towards the end, super kicks. The, F5, the FUs, excuse me, the FUs, and um, formerly known as the Attitude Adjustment now. But the Sweet Jam Musics, the false finishes, it was great. The power driver on the apron and on the uh, steel steps, it was great. The moonsault from Shawn Michaels was great. The super kick that Shawn Michaels landed to the referee was great. The STF where Shawn Michaels was in that submission for a long time. Jim Ross saying, how long is Shawn Michaels going to be in this hold? It was great. Everything was beautiful in that match. That's a main event. That's moments. Him being in that STF is a moment. Because we're thinking to ourselves as a fan, is Shawn Michaels going to pass out? He can't escape. Look how big Cena is. That's 250. On somebody like Shawn Michaels, he can't escape. So he's going to pass out or he's going to tap. Shawn Michaels tapped out. Great match. Great moment. I enjoyed that match thoroughly. 
lot of people need to start talking about that match. Speaking of another match that people need to talk about, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, WrestleMania 21. Best friends, tag team partners. Nothing else to say about this. This was a classic. This match, I believe, went like 10 minutes. But for the 10 minutes, 11 minutes, it went. Um, it was a classic. It was a banger. I love this match. Now, speaking of WrestleMania 23, Batista versus The Undertaker for the World Heavyweight Championship. A lot of people love this match more than John Cena and Shawn Michaels. That's fine. You had two bangers of a main event for WrestleMania 23. Batista had no shot. I'm sorry. Dave Batista, you had no shot. You had zero chance to beat The Undertaker. And if you did beat The Undertaker, I was going to be pissed. But we all knew you weren't going to beat The Undertaker. I don't give a fuck how many false finishes you did. You weren't beating Undertaker. All right? But this was a killer match. You know, Batista grabbing Undertaker and landing a running power slam onto the announce table. Just the crowd going insane. The commentary selling it. It was some great stuff. Next match. Dudley Boys, Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, WrestleMania 17. Guys, when Jeff Hardy got speared with Edge, that match was a fucking killer. It was really, really great. So enjoyable. You had three, three phenomenal tag teams. But only one team can come out on top. Only one team can come out on top, man. But the match was enjoyable. It was really great. We've seen some high spots here. With the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian, Deadly Boys. All three teams busted their ass. And I know they're still feeling pain following that match many decades later. The second to last match on this list of underrated matches for WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels versus Vince McMahon, WrestleMania 22. I'm telling you guys, WrestleMania 22 is so underrated. It's so underrated. Shawn Michaels versus Vince McMahon. It was not a classic in any means. In terms of like false finishes and this and that. It was a classic from a standpoint of Vince McMahon got his ass beat. This guy got fucked up. All right. This was insane. Vince McMahon having the spirit squad go out and attack Shawn Michaels. Vince McMahon doing everything he humanly can to have Shawn Michaels lose. Getting Shane McMahon. And then Shawn Michaels handcuffing Shane McMahon. Pretty much telling Shane, hey, listen, boy, you ain't going to interfere here. I'm going to beat your father's ass. I'm going to beat his ass. And you're going to sit there with the handcuffs and you're going to watch. And there's nothing you can do about it. Shawn Michaels grabbing the candlesticks. Pretty much... Joving around Shane McMahon, laughing at him, and then whipping the shit out of Shane McMahon. Loved it. I loved it. Vince McMahon took an ass beating in that match. So kudos to Vince McMahon for that, because that was insane. Last match on this list before I move on. Chris Jericho, Christian, WrestleMania 20. They were pretty much fighting over Trish Stratus. I mean, who wouldn't fight over Trish Stratus? Give me a break. I'll still fight over Trish Stratus to this day. But this pretty much was the feud was about. 
And because Trish Stratus was showing love and affection to uh, Christian, Jericho didn't like it. And then that's pretty much how it went. It was great. I love the story. It was simple to tell. And it was told great. Another underrated match at WrestleMania. Edge. And, or excuse me, not Edge. Christian and uh, Chris Jericho. Edge, Christian. Kind of difficult sometimes. I kind of mixed up with those guys. I apologize for that. But their match was great. And I loved at the end. <laughs> this fucked up. This is absolutely fucked up, man. Trish Stratus was a heel at the time. She was pretty, I don't want to say a slut, but she was playing that uh, kind of slut character, sort of. Um, so she was kissing all over Christian towards the end on the ramp. And this was when Christian beat Chris Jericho. And just Chris Jericho was just pissed the fuck off, man. He was pissed. He was watching Trish Stratus and Christian kiss and just mouth to mouth. And it was brutal. I loved it. It was great. Great storytelling. And that's all I can say about that. Now, I'm going to take a short little break, you guys. But when I come back, I'm going to be talking about some moments from WrestleMania that left me completely speechless. And then, like I said, I'm going to end the show talking about the Mount Rushmore of WrestleMania superstars. Yo, I'm back. All right. Let's talk about some WrestleMania moments that left every single one of us absolutely speechless. We were all, you know, just angry or whatever the case might be. Whatever emotion that you showed, you showed it during these moments. Let's talk about the first one. Edge spearing Mick Foley through the table, through a flaming table. Guys, this was absolutely insane. The match was brutal. The match was iconic in itself but that one moment where edge speared mick foley through the flaming table guys listen i uh i'm not really left speechless sometimes but that still makes me speechless i cringe every time and i'm always saying to myself how did they survive that edge was shaking mick foley was scratching his arms because he was probably burned it was insane it was iconic it was legendary every time i see it i always reminisce and i always say to myself this is why i love wrestling every one of these moments is always me saying this is why i love wrestling i love pro wrestling man it's really really great i'm never gonna stop watching i'm never gonna stop being a fan now another moment in wrestlemania lore Seth Rollins cashing in the money in the bank at WrestleMania 31. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar had another banger of a match. Um, that's also another underrated WrestleMania match. You guys got to show that match some respect. But Seth Rollins cashing in the money in the bank, the heist of the century, as they like to call it. I mean, legitimately, it is the heist of the century. Because Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar absolutely destroyed one another. Seth Rollins being an asshole, just coming waltzing right on in. Yeah, I'm going to cash my money in the bank. Here it is. Woo, woo, woo. Ring the goddamn bell. Let's get this match underway. He immediately attacks, um, sends Roman Reigns out of the ring. He attacks Brock Lesnar. And the rest is history, literally. 
And uh, I I was jumping out of my seat when I watched it because Seth Rollins at that time was my guy. He's still my guy. And uh, at that time, I was just jumping, jumping for joy. And my brothers were all mad, but I was the only one that was excited. So it was cool, man. We all three of us argued and everything. It was some great stuff. So the heist of the century is Seth Rollins. The next one, I still can't get over this. It is what it is. So this has to do with The Undertaker losing his undefeated WrestleMania streak at WrestleMania 30. I, uh, listen, I'm not really left speechless in terms of crying or just in shock and all. I was shocked and I was kind of crying a little bit, just a little bit of tears because I grew up with The Undertaker. I kept saying to myself, the streak should never end. Nobody should never beat The Undertaker, all this stuff. Brock Lesnar beats The Undertaker. I'm not mad at Brock Lesnar. I'm mad that Vince McMahon decided to end the streak just to give the WWE Network at the time a little boost. And Vince McMahon pretty much saying, you never know what's going to happen on the WWE Network. Look what happened. The undefeated streak ended. I think you guys should go and subscribe to the WWE Network now because you never know what's going to happen. That is exactly why Vince McMahon did that. That's ridiculous. I can't get over it. It's insane. The streak should never been ended. Next, Daniel Bryan. The Yes Movement. A guy that Triple H, Stephanie Vince, never wanted to be pushed to the top. This is facts. You guys know it to be true. Daniel Bryan has said it. Triple H has said it. Everybody has said it. At this time in 2014, it was supposed to be Randy Orton versus Dave Bautista. For the WWE World Heavyweight Championship in New Orleans, Louisiana, Daniel Bryan came out of nowhere, literally nowhere, and he was involved in the match. The only way he could have been in that match was if he defeated Triple H early on in the night, which he did, which that was another underrated match. I'm going to put that one on the underrated match as well. Triple H, Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania 30, great match. Great match. The story was great. And the story was told throughout the entire night. So this match was great. Daniel Bryan winning the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Another killer moment in WrestleMania history. Another WrestleMania moment that left us speechless. Randy Orton landing an RKO to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was going for the curb stomp. He pretty much was climbing up the stairs. That's how I pictured this entire thing. Seth Rollins climbing up the stairs. He's in midair, and he's thinking to himself, fuck. There's no way for me to go. So just get blasted with this RKO. He got blasted. That is the greatest RKO of all time. At the time, it was Evan Bourne's 450 into it, or not a 450, excuse me, a shooting star press into an RKO. That was the greatest RKO of all time. Now it's Seth Rollins. Curb stomp into an RKO. Iconic moment in WrestleMania history. Another WrestleMania moment that left me personally speechless and frustrated was Asuka's streak ending at WrestleMania 34 against Charlotte Flair. They had a banger of a match, but the ending was terrible. I, I, Asuka should not have lost the streak. Charlotte Flair is the right opponent, but at that time she should not have lost. 
Another great moment in WrestleMania, Jeff Hardy getting speared by Edge at WrestleMania 17. That spear, every time I see it, uh, I type in WrestleMania moments all the time. This one always pops up. Always pops up. It's insane. The fans in Houston, Texas were going insane. They were going bananas, and I loved every single moment of it. Jeff Hardy is a savage son bitch for taking a bump like that. Savage. And Edge, this had to be executed to perfection. One little slip, both of them could have potentially died. Thank God none of them did. That was a sick spot. And for Jeff Hardy to trust Edge in that moment, kudos to Edge and kudos to Jeff Hardy for trusting somebody to be able to even do that. End of an era, WrestleMania 28. End of an era pretty much is Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Undertaker. They will not be in the same ring at the same time ever again. At the time, that was the case. Until Saudi Arabia, of course, Super Showdown, where they were in the ring at the same time. So this pretty much is thrown away, but at the time, it was a moment in WrestleMania history. Next up, this was just the atmosphere and the vibe of WrestleMania 28. This has to do with The Rock versus John Cena. That crowd, they were staring at each other for, I believe, like five minutes. The crowd was going insane in Miami, Florida. They were going insane in Florida, man. It was great. I was pumped up. I had goosebumps watching it. It was just ultimately a great thing to see. The Rock won. John Cena's face at the end was, it was so priceless. He was so depressed. He was so depressed. And I feel like that was him selling it. But at the same time, I think that was really John Cena being depressed that he didn't beat The Rock. I can't believe Vince McMahon decided to have John Cena lose. That was insane. Another great moment in WrestleMania. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit celebrating towards the end of WrestleMania 20. Eddie Guerrero winning the WWE Championship and Chris Benoit winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Great moment. Great moment. It makes me tear up all the time, man. And uh, I miss Eddie Guerrero. I miss Chris Benoit. Even though I still can't believe Chris Benoit did what he did. It was a great moment. It was a great moment, and it should not be erased in WrestleMania history, but of course it is. It was a wonderful moment, man. Wonderful moment. Another great moment, The Rock and Hulk Hogan staring each other down at WrestleMania 18. I mean, give me a break. This match is iconic as fuck. Now, in terms of work rate, it wasn't that iconic. But moments, and these were two mega, mega stars in the pro wrestling business of all time. Rock and Hulk Hogan. Face to face, these crowds went bananas. And I mean that, legitimately. They went insane. This was another great moment. Another great moment featured John Cena. He FU'd both Edge and Big Show at WrestleMania 25. That was absolutely fucking ridiculous. The strength of John Cena is... It's not even surprising, but at the same time it is. It's like, dude, this guy is that strong. He's able to do stuff like that. Just insane stuff, man. Another good moment. Stone Cold Steve Austin bleeding while being in the sharpshooter submission at WrestleMania 13. 
Another great moment. The visual of Stone Cold bleeding was some great stuff. Another great moment. Becky Lynch winning the women's championships at WrestleMania 25. These fans wanted Becky so bad. They weren't going to want Charlotte. They didn't want Ronda. They wanted Becky. They wanted their girl. They wanted their queen. They wanted the man. They wanted Becky Lynch at that time to win that title. I did as well. And when she won, it was an awesome moment. Another awesome and a moment that legitimately made me tear up. Made me tear up legitimately. Was during that show. This was Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship against Daniel Bryan. The roles were reversed this time. Daniel Bryan was now the heel. Kofi Kingston was in Daniel Bryan's position. And this was insane. WWE knew they had to do this. Thank God they did this. WWE fucked up, though. And they screwed over Kofi. Just days later, he lost. He got squashed against Brock Lesnar on Friday Night SmackDown. That was fucked up. But at the time, this moment left me speechless. I was tearing up. It was just a great moment as a wrestling fan. And mainly as an African-American watching my dude, Kofi Kingston, win the WWE Championship. Just knowing that things can happen and things can go your way. No matter what people put in front of you. I speak this not just as an African-American fan, but just a person in general. Go out there, your goals and dreams, y'all. Never let anyone tell you you can't do something. Because they're fucking bullshitting you. Right? Always go out your goals and dreams, man. Never give up. And that's what Kofi Kingston did. He's been in the business for more than 10 years. He never won. He never sniffed the WWE Championship until that moment. What an awesome moment, man. And mainly just seeing other races outside of African-American people even cheering that. That was awesome. That's a moment as well. Some great stuff. Those people were legitimately excited and happy for Kofi Kingston. Really, really cool stuff. Now, to end the podcast today, I'm going to be talking about my Mount Rushmore of superstars of WrestleMania. Now, these are the superstars to me that pretty much are WrestleMania. When I think of WrestleMania, I think of these wrestlers. These wrestlers always show up and show out. And they never disappoint. So I'm going to start with number one. And I'm going to go down the list. Undertaker is number one. You guys know why he's number one. The undefeated streak. Undertaker as an overall character at WrestleMania. He puts it into that next gear at WrestleMania. Shawn, um, excuse me. Yeah, Shawn Michaels, I'm going to have it number two. Shawn Michaels number two. I mean, he's the greatest wrestler. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He shows up and shows out. He always puts on great matches. But he's the showstopper. He's the main event. Every year at WrestleMania, he wants to be the main event. If he's not in the main event, he's going to have a match that is going to be on the level of a main event caliber bout. That performance that he puts on is main event material. Shawn Michaels is on this list. The next person on this list, number three, Hulk Hogan. I am an African-American person. I still don't like what Hulk Hogan said. I lost a lot of respect for Hulk Hogan, but I'm not an idiot. Hulk Hogan personifies pro wrestling. He's the personification of professional wrestling. He's the reason why I kind of started watching wrestling as well. You got The Undertaker, you got Hulk Hogan, you got Shawn Michaels. The next person on the list at number four, 
This is a tie. I can't really put someone specifically number four, but these two are number four in my eyes. Ric Flair and Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's my list. And that's pretty much WrestleMania Remembrance on this podcast. And I hope you guys enjoyed. And I hope you guys stay with me, man. Stay right here throughout the entire week on the Wrestling Takeover. I got a lot more stuff coming the next time you guys will be listening to a podcast on my show is Wednesday for NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1 on the USA Network. I can't wait. I'm very excited. And I just can't wait to talk about NXT, man. Uh, It's going to be happening on Wednesday and Thursday. So stay tuned to that. On Friday is the wrestling's hottest topics. Pretty much talking about every topic has to do in pro wrestling and we're going to be talking about those things on Friday, Saturday, WrestleMania 37 night one review, and then closing out the weekend on Sunday for WrestleMania 37 night two review. So a lot of stuff coming up, man. Stay tuned to the wrestling takeover podcast. Make sure you guys again, go follow and subscribe to the podcast and follow me on social media. Shout out to everybody that is continuing to follow the podcast on Instagram. I love you guys, and I can't thank you guys enough. Thank you so much for the continued love and support on the Instagram. Follow me at The Wrestling Takeover. And if you guys want to follow my personal Instagram account, it's at JT1- I would really appreciate that. And of course, follow your boy on Twitter at JT Takeover. That's all I got for you guys today. This is the Creative King. I'm signing off on the podcast. And I'm the kingpin of the podcast game, man. Nobody's on my level in terms of creativity. And if you are, I don't think you are. I mean, there's no one better than me. There's no one better from a standpoint of creativity that is better than me. So this is my personal opinion. It is not a prediction. It's a spoiler. Paul Heyman. So I'll catch y'all guys next time. I will catch you guys on Wednesday for night one. For NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver right here on the Wrestling TakeOver Podcast. I'll catch you guys later on. I got the Glock in my robbery. 17 shots, no 38. Yeah, I got the Glock in my robbery. 17 shots, no 38. Yeah, she's fine. Wondering where she be mine. Walk past, I press, rewind. See that ass one more time. And I got